You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anissa and Boromir. Hello, I'm Saya. I'm Boromir. And this is a wild, slightly spoiled yak on Our Blooming Youth, which Boromir and I have watched. And apparently there's some demand for this wrap-up episode, so here we are. It's going to be more than slightly spoilery because we are going to be talking about the ending. So if you have okay, extremely not spoiled. watched Our Blooming Youth, <laughs> yeah, this is your cue to run away. <laughs> or, you know, if you don't mind spoilers or, or we're not going to uh, finish watching the drama, then keep listening because we are always entertaining to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Very entertaining. Okay, Saya, so, so 20 episodes we watched... This drama grow from like a, a mystery drama to uh, something that was more about like the crown prince, you know, figuring out his place in the palace, figuring out who his people were, learning to trust and make friends. While our heroine like comes into her own in terms of like the confidence she has in herself. And she was always a pretty confident girl. But also, you know, the trust she earns from the prince and the people around him. And then, of course, finally, you know, the ending, which mm. we're going to talk about. So how was your journey through the drama hey, as you were watching? <laughs> you just went really deep. Before we hit record, you said, oh, we're just going to talk about the audience discussion and reaction. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, let me put down my, no, like, <laughs> my like deep mental preparations, which were like 10 minutes before we recorded. Um, okay, well, that was unexpected. Now, let me think about this. Uh, I think... In our intro, the first episode where we talked about this, um, I was talking about how, like, this is exactly my drama. Like, every trope was like, oh, it's just my kind of drama. (laughs) Just my type. Um, And it was. But I think mm, as we got towards the end and sort of the mystery unraveled, the thing is, until I went off and read some people's reaction to it, I was perfectly satisfied. And then I read other people's dissatisfaction and it kind of ruined it for me because, you know, sometimes when you love something, you're quite willing to just sort of gloss over its weaknesses and be like, everything else was good anyway. But it kind of yeah ruined it a little bit for me. And then like I I was exposed to weaknesses that I didn't want to see because of what I loved about it. (laughs) And that made me really sad and but the problem is I clicked out like after I'd already seen them. So, okay, let's talk about the mystery. The mystery was set up really, really well. Like it had this very haunting atmosphere. Mm. You weren't quite sure whether there was something sort of metaphysical going on or whether it was all sort of, um, you know, human trickery. And they kept up the tension of that really well. Like it was a long time before you could be sure like which way the mystery lay Mm. and I think they maintained that all the way to the end um but then when they revealed you know I still feel a little bit reluctant to to say (laughs) the who was at the center of it all when they revealed who was at the center of it all it could have worked better than it did because it kind of Mm unwound after that like once they'd done the reveal instead of sort of slowly unspooling that tension it just went um you know like a like a balloon losing its air slowly it's kind of like that yeah um so that was a bit disappointing i agree so now i've gone away from the drama thinking that i enjoyed it less than i did and i'm kind of unhappy about that but i also can't undo it Ah, that that is a tragedy. <laughs> There's a tragedy of watching, you know, currently airing dramas because you can't. You you do look up other people's thoughts on dramas because you want to find out if there are mm. insights you've missed. And sometimes their thoughts are wildly different from your the own. The thing is, all along, um, it was so satisfying that I didn't need to go see what everyone else saying because I was just really, like, into it. And also it was Ramadan. I didn't have time to do anything else. Um, and then by the time I sat down to finish it, Like, I had, like, four or six episodes stacked up, and it was just like, let's get through this. Um, Sorry, go on. (laughs) No, I I get that. But, you know, sometimes it's not so much that you're looking for 
like different opinions or even as I said insightful it's just that you want to hear the discussion you're loving it so much mm. you want to hear it talked about it it gives us joy you want to hear and, the good um, parts of it talked about exactly like all of the stuff that it did so well you want to be like is anyone else seeing what I'm seeing like there was yeah you know, I'm feeling what I'm feeling one of the most dissatisfying parts of some of the discussion that I read was just like the kind of there was so much I don't know how to phrase this in a way that isn't really rude <laughs> Like, there was so much thirst. Like, people were, like, desperate to see, like, hot, hot passion. And I was like... Yeah. I thought that that the, the yearning was so beautifully done. The longing in that relationship. And it was like, you know, fundamentally, it's a relationship that couldn't be. That was the point. Mm. Well, that said... I was also a little <laughs> a little annoyed by how that turned out in the end. Like, yes, I like yeah. a happy ending. And I was like, okay, fine, they're together, I'm happy. Um... But, like, there was definitely a point where I was like, I don't even want there to be a romance between her and between G and the prince because it was so perfect exactly as it was. Mm. And, like, I loved what she said about not wanting to choose marriage. Like, if she had the freedom, she'd rather just be a eunuch for the rest of her life because mm. that was her getting to live out a more independent life, just just having choices. And do you, do you want to know the ending that I had envisioned? Oh, tell like me. This was around episode 13 and 14. And I had this, it popped up in my head and I loved it so much, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, is that, you know, everything gets resolved as it was. J.E. goes on, she goes back to her family's property. She's living there. Um, a free woman, vindicated. And then after some time, maybe a few months, she receives a missive from the crown prince who becomes the king. And uh, he's like, here is a new mystery and I need your help to solve it. <gasps> oh, and that's it. Like, like that's her job. She sets off like... <laughs> that would be yeah, so and, cool. and then And then we see like the final shot would be the two of them together, her in her male, you know, yeah. garb. And they're traveling somewhere trying to figure out a mystery together. That's, <sighs> that's what I wanted. <laughs> I can see it in my head. Uh, see, this is the thing. Like the... the driving conflict of their relationship was that they couldn't be together but then it's like it was solved by him becoming the king and yeah. you're just like that's not really a solution or if it's a solution then it wasn't really a problem like exactly yeah <laughs> well okay let's not i don't want to do this as a downer episode because <laughs> because yeah, yeah despite yeah. all of that no, there was all this good stuff there was so much good stuff i i think for me the best thing was and I know in the first uh, episode, like in our first impressions episode, I was complaining about uh, Hyung Shiki not being as intense oh. as I was. I, oh. I take that back. He was, <laughs> yeah. I, I, he was perfect for this. He, he had this character's tone figured out perfectly. We were the ones who needed to catch up. <laughs> I loved it. Like he was intense when he needed to be. He was calm and and just like. Um, withdrawn or careful when he needed to be but also he was like I I think my favorite parts of the show was when he was in the wrong because of his um disbelief his his skepticism the lies he was struggling with and uh, all of that making him make bad judgment calls so mm. like when he throws Jay out for mm. instance that made me um, mad <laughs> That made me so mad. And then later on, he's asking his, the warrior boy, I forget what his name is. Songun. Especially Han Songun. The, with the whole... Oh, no, no, the boy. Find, yeah. The, no, the <laughs> boy, the boy, Wait, the boy. His name. <laughs> Let's look it up quickly. <laughs> the twin. <laughs> yeah. Taegang, um, Taegang. Taegang. Uh, and then he's like, well, um, where is she? Call her. And he's like, but she's left the palace. And he's, he's like, <laughs> what? You you let her leave the palace? No, but like you you told the guy to throw her out. What? How was he supposed to interpret that? And he did it quite gleefully too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I quite enjoyed that. I Honestly, uh, okay, we'll come back to the twin. You reminded later. me, yeah, of but, the, another thing I didn't yeah. enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I just I did not like that um but uh Jay like the the decision he makes uh, makes about Jay the distance he puts between himself and the sergeant um because he's afraid of being backstabbed and you know hurting his friends somehow 
Um, yeah. All of those things where he is in the wrong. The resolution of that was so good. Oh, those were so good. Oh, so good. So good. Like someone telling him, you know, I never stopped being your friend. Oh, I just, yeah. I loved that he chose him. Like he chose the friendship. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Absolutely. Everything that happened after that point did feel a little bit like fillers because honestly, by episode 12, I pretty much knew what the game was. Because as you said, as soon as they revealed who was at the center of certain plots, you mm. knew. You knew who was doing everything. Mm. Even though in some of it didn't make a lot of sense. Like, why would Jay's parents yeah, be killed? That, didn't, that bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. That just seemed like, like it was almost like like an oopsie it wouldn't seem very thought out <laughs> but it's not a drama i regret watching like i feel like no absolutely not the experience I remember it like mm, go on it was thoughtful it was thoughtful and like some of the themes that they were exploring were quite deep mm. i it the eventual execution like this happened with the red sleeve too there was a subplot um with the uh, the rebellion of the uh, you know the handmaidens the the what, 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 what are they so women called uh, court ladies i mean it's not it's court ladies correct mm. there was there, i'm sorry that is a spoiler i suppose but let's just say it it was a minor plot oh forget it <laughs> and great <laughs> the the point i'm trying to make it is sometimes this this thing that starts um this uh rebellion that has every justification to exist because you show the the uh, revenge being this long game that ends up hurting a lot of innocent people you just you take the justification away from that rebellion mm. when you're showing that yeah. in the story and yeah. this reminds me of what they do in in the marvel movies uh, constantly with their villains who are actually fighting the good fight except that they seem perfectly fine with you know killing a lot of good people mm. you know as casualties and they are just unremorseful and because of that the heroes are of course on the side of the status quo being like well you know you had a good cause but mm. you chose the bad way therefore you are bad and i'm good i'm good i'm the one who's protecting the way as it is right now i'm good but you who you know mm. wanted to change things and make things better but you chose the wrong way you are evil mm. so yeah they, i think i think dramas use that too sometimes especially in these slightly vague grand mm. revenge it's, plots it's frustrating when when you can feel how simplistic it is because you can see the drama has complexity and you can see that they understand that mm. there's nuance here but they build up that nuance, but they pay it off without the the same level of build up. Like the the build up is complex, the payoff is simplistic, and you're like, that's mm. that is disappointing. Because if the drama had been simplistic from the beginning, then you don't have the expectation of it paying it off. Oh, that in would have been fine. <laughs> that same nuanced and rich way. Yeah, exactly. But when they, like, the drama Correct. is demonstrating to you that it understands certain things, but then it doesn't go on to resolve it as it deserves to be resolved, that's when you're just, like, you, you feel a little bit, like, okay, <laughs> that didn't go where I thought it was going. Um, although I think talking about it and making it sound worse than it was, but um, I think with Our Blooming Youth specifically, it had so much strength in its characters and character building that it masked some of the a lot of the plot shortcomings but it couldn't mask it all the way to the end yeah yeah so it masked it all the way up to because so much time was spent on unraveling the mystery right Mm -hmm. but if the mystery itself didn't have like the if the layers were actually not that many Mm -hmm. (laughs) so as soon as you started peeling the first few you're like well i can see right through the deep end I, Mm -hmm. i can clearly see what's at the bottom so uh, yeah then it's then it's dissatisfying somewhat. but it's also like even if you reveal a, a central sort of villainous figure in an obvious way you can still make it work by making their motivations complex and i felt like mm. not only did they sort of overcomplicate the positioning of that villain and how they got to be where they were. That was just like, it was contrived, which like 
is a weird word to use, I guess, because an entire story is literally contrived. But it just, it was like you decided this was the person, then you retconned like the story to make it fit the conclusion that you had picked out without thinking it through before. Should we talk about who the main villain is since you're already spoiling the ending? Because oh, okay. in that case, I, I want to talk about... <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Are you mentally braced? <laughs> I guess. So uh, it, it was the queen. Um, the queen yeah. who I uh, remember most memorably. Remember most memorably? Is that even a good sentence? No, it's not. Who was most memorable to me yeah, in no? Princess's Man, which is a drama I can no longer watch. But the person who played it is Hong Soo-hyun. We know she's capable of yeah. pulling off very rich, very complicated and layered characters just from that role alone. Although she, I don't think she's done anything that complex recently. And, you know, Princess's Man was back in 2011. Mm. So that was a long time ago. Yes, the Queen. It was a while back. <laughs> True. The Queen. And so when we say that she, like, they overcomplicated her motivations, like, think of the, like, the kind of backstory they gave her. For instance, she's not just the wife of uh, the villager who was just living in that village. He wasn't the ringleader or anything like that. He was mm-hmm. just... So this is the uh, maligned, uh, you know, rebel village where everybody is now called a traitor, but that's just, you know, that they were framed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she used to be the wife of a blacksmith. And that blacksmith was later framed as the ringleader. But later on, when you find out her backstory, he was not the ringleader. He was a very reluctant person involved in just saving some of the villagers who had unfairly been... He was just caught in the crossfire, basically. Yeah, he was just caught into the crossfire. But he was her husband. But more importantly, before she married him... She used to be a, 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 a courtesan. A gisang. A gisang. So a courtesan. And he paid the fee to free her so uh, they could be married. Like, this woman has layers on layers in terms of the backstory they've given her. And then she goes back to being a gisang with the, I don't know, the motivation to... <laughs> she wants the long revenge, but like, it's... Just... Well, I think she just wanted to kill the guy, the, you know, what's his name? Yeah. Initially, that's what she wanted. The, the evil minister. <laughs> the minister. Yeah. The main evil minister. I just keep minister. thinking of Who? him as Min jung You know, his character. Is, yeah. Of I course, because voice. that's his iconic, <laughs> yeah. the most iconic character. Yeah. Poor guy. We were talking about it um, in one of our, like, it, it's been a couple of years since we did that episode. We were talking about how he's kind of like stereotyped as a murderer at this point. Like, <laughs> it's very hard to see him as a perfectly normal person, a non-murderer person <laughs> after um, I hear your voice. And yeah. he spoke about it, like how, um, you know, people saw him on television as that character. And then when they saw them on the streets, it's like people spoke about how they can't trust him anymore. Mm. Like if they met him normally. And that's just, Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the trauma still there. We still remember him. Like we saw his face in this drama. The first moment we saw him, we knew he was the villain. <laughs> he could be nothing else. <laughs> I did give him the benefit uh, of the doubt though, because he remember in Idol the Coup, he wasn't a bad guy in that. Yeah, so true. he was. You know. But I, literally <laughs> Which, nobody but the three of us watched Idol the Coup. <laughs> but I, I saw him most recently <laughs> in that. So. Hasn't everyone watched it? Was it not a no, drama that you'd be surprised watched? at how few people have watched it? Oh, well, it's very good. Uh, listeners, if you have watched Iron the Coup, please let us know because <laughs> I am under like the strong conviction that nobody's watched Iron the Coup. Anytime I r- reference anything from that drama, no one gets it. So oh. I just I'm just walking about with the presumption that no one's watched oh. it. Well, I must say, after being very immersed in BTS land, um, it was very interesting to watch a drama that is um, set in the music industry. Because you're like, oh, these things yeah. are real. And when <laughs> romance is not the primary uh, yeah. plot. Yeah, yes. it was. Okay, but we digress. <laughs> let's, um, let's come back. <laughs> so the queen. Um, mm-hmm. So she manages to marry the king by basically... So this minister passes her off as his niece and she marries the king and gives birth to the Grand Prince, who is the cute boy, the 
um, younger son of the king uh, who comes up, you know, like he's... Of the prince. Oh, I really yeah. like the boy. He just he's very young. I was going to say, is it bad if I say I really didn't like him? He just annoyed me. <laughs> I think I've got oh, to that age where I'm like, oh, why? kids. <laughs> because I'm... I mean spirited. Uh, yeah, that. But I also thought like for his age. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen far too many too mature kids in drama land. So a kid acting like an actual kid who's scared by witches and stuff like that. That just made sense to me. Mm. Um, so I liked it. I really liked the princess. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> she was a great character. I also liked um, the ending. Um, more or less, I mean... You know, but honestly, aside from the main couple's ending, which is happy, you guys, we're not saying it's a sad ending, but just aside from the male couple's main couple's ending, I was actually okay with everybody else's ending. Mm. Um, the queen's ending was, uh, I mean, on the one hand, it made sense. But on the other hand, there is something about her punishing herself, mm. like taking that away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not a redemption. Like, you decided by yourself. I just found it... I didn't... Yeah, I just thought it was a really strange choice to make. I would have... Mm. And I'm not advocating for this, but I would have understood if she just took her own life. But instead, it's like, the son that you've tried all of this time to defend and protect, rather than sort of going to the end with that, you sort of let yourself off the hook by literally not even having to dwell in your own consciousness. I mean, if it was a real person, I would have much more compassion. But as a story choice... Yeah, actually, you put it really yeah. well. Like, this is why I was so unsatisfied. As a story choice, I didn't understand why yeah. that was what she chose to do. Why was it what the writers chose to make her do? Like, how was yeah. this? Because Jay says at the end that she... She chooses to forgive the woman because she has received the punishment she deserves. But like, has she? Yes, I like the amount of devastation she chose to cause mm. to people who have done her or her people no wrong. And she's no, you're right. I'm, I, I am unhappy about it. I was trying <laughs> to figure out. Mm. Like if you were going to go after someone, you knew who was responsible for what happened to your husband. Why'd you go after the prince? But then I guess yeah. if the goal was, like, to make her okay. own son be the king. But, like, I don't know. Like, why do you even need that? It, it seems like a very convoluted way to get justice for your people. Like, just make... That's exactly it. Like, was, was that even your yeah, goal? That's the word. Like, everything was... It was too twisty. Like, yeah, the, the convolutions of it was... That's when you were kind of, like... But you didn't need to do it that way. Like, there were more direct and rewarding paths to revenge than your twisty, turny, um, you know, many... She was the queen. She could have she had power. Like, helped all of these people, change their name, given them money. She could have integrated them into... She didn't want that. She wanted everybody to hold on to their grief, wait until she figured out her great revenge, which mm. was taking decades. And... All of them were, were living in poverty and, and being forced to go and assassinate people at her assassinate whim. Assassinate random mean, people. Honestly, and now the more <laughs> I think about it, the idea I'm getting about this. Okay, do you know what? It just, it, yeah. I, I feel like we need to move away from the negative uh, discussion of this. We do, we do. But basically... Let's say the ending was a bit the botched. The ending of the of the mystery. So I think I, for both Sai and me, after the uh, episode 12-ish when, is when they started revealing whose hand it was at the back mm. of all of it. Um, I think at that point, the mystery started bogging the story down a little bit for me because it was, mm. as um, Sai puts it, really shallow and not satisfying. And it didn't end in a satisfying way. So, but let's put that aside. That is what we were not happy with. But the stuff that we were happy with, I was honestly really happy with like the the Crown Prince and Jay's relationship was something that made me really happy throughout. I was like, mm. I, I had no issues with them being like there, like be pretty much be besties, but also just trust each other and trust each other's intelligence. And yes, when one mm. of them got in. Go on. <laughs> no, no, carry on. <laughs> I was just agreeing strongly. Oh, like okay. the intelligence, respecting each other's so, intelligence part. Yeah. 
like when when one of them got in um, really bad trouble, like they honestly trusted the other person to figure out a way to help them out. I mean, you it's there is respect and trust and, and reliance, a, a level of and it's. And reliance. And it's not that the crown prince completely forgets that Jay is a woman. And I'm not saying romantically. I'm saying in terms of he he occasionally remembers that <laughs> she shouldn't be just randomly wandering around doing investigations. <laughs> he, he remembers that. So it's not like he's completely put it out of his head. But it doesn't matter after the first, like their initial weeks together when trust was being established it just stopped mattering because she had proven herself capable over and over again. And the prince had proved himself to be somebody who deserved her uh, trust that he will solve things. That said. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm about to say. That's why I was so annoyed <laughs> when he chucked her out. Because it's like, you just had this yeah. whole trust building exercise. And you arrived at this place yeah. where you're like, I'm going to trust her no matter what. And then like, at the first shaking, you were like, well, out you go then. I can't trust you. You've been lying to me all oh. along. Like, you made a choice to trust her first. To trust your friends first. Yeah. And then it just, like, yeah. At the first challenge, it just went, like, well, goodbye then. I'm even mad. <laughs> but but I did appreciate how the that it was a really important part of his arc. That he had to realize he couldn't do anything alone. Um. Because, you know, there was, like, again, one of the things that the show did really well was show how the power plays worked and, like, how he had to navigate the politics of the court. And not just him, but the sort of the interplay of each person as they interacted with the machinery of the court to maintain their position or maintain their power or exercise their power, for example, in the case of the king. And... Like, I thought the, the character of the king was done really interestingly. Like, it was a very, um, like, the balancing act of ruling for the benefit of the people and and the political decisions that he had to make to hold on to his power. Like, it showed you how yeah. careful that, uh, what do you call it, the... Uh, there was a word in my mind and I've forgotten it. <laughs> the the trade-off between those two um, aspects of rule, like you cannot simply rule, you also have to sort of placate the other people in power in order to enact things that would benefit the people, right? And that's not to say like I mm. am at all in favour of this kind of rule, but like in that situation, it's interesting to see how this works. And like I thought, one of the things that they had shown really well in the character of the king was that he that he was shrewd and like that was the defining quality of a careful king like he had to make these careful decisions balancing the the needs of the powerful against the the needs of the weak like he's you know neither kindly nor cruel he was neither crafty nor cunning he had to be measured rather than calculating so all of those aspects and like they're very subtle differences sometimes um that was done really well up to a certain point and then I was like why are you doing this to the king like the character that you've made him you then sort of betrayed the character that you built yeah I got really annoyed with that too but I glossed over it all when I was watching interesting and now I'm unhappy that I made myself unhappy no, because it was young Shiki and was. like the performance had you yeah so you know the time where he threw uh, you know there was that that period where he confined the prince to his court like basically house arrested him um yeah in that point I was like I don't understand why you've done this and I kind of understood later like he put him into the situation expecting him to get out of it using his own means but also it was like rude yeah, but oh <laughs> but, my like, god young Shiki, oh my god he delivered that scene where he's crying yeah. like where he's like trying to figure out why would my father do this to me i was like this this puck young Shiki, yeah. this young Shiki, that's the the one that we are just so here for there was a very similar dynamic between park Yun bin and her king father in the king's affection um 
the crown prince who was Park Hyun Bin. Um, the king had a strained relationship with his daughter slash son, mm-hmm. and it never really explained what was going on in his head. The audience didn't know it, and his daughter didn't know it, and it just it created this extremely toxic environment where the crown prince slash princess it's still so hard to discuss that show. <laughs> um they they just felt so alone because mm. the king was just being a sphinx and i felt yeah. the same way about the king and the crown prince here um the king i to an extent i understood what he was doing he was protecting his son mm. but also i kept thinking you have not taken your son into your confidence and yeah. you keep expecting your son to pass these tests whose mm. rules he's not been told he's not been told that these tests are important to his survival. like he just he has to figure everything out yeah. you've just it's a great way to almost ensure that your son fails so mm. who are you protecting what are you doing yeah. i just i did not i don't approve of parenting like this <laughs> You see, that's the thing, isn't it? If they were just father and son, it wouldn't have to be like this. But they're king and heir. And that's like the inherent tension of the relationship is this, right? Is that even between between them, they can't have a natural father-son relationship because of that. And in some ways, they are almost set up as rivals. And they can be. Like, if it were two different people where maybe you know the son wants to use up his father's power this is a thing that can happen and you know mm-hmm. we just happen to be in the story where you know Hyung Shiki does not want to be the king but also he wasn't born to be he wasn't born a crown prince he wasn't born there he suddenly became one a couple of years ago because his brother was assassinated so you have all of that so all of the work that would have been done in raising a crown prince was done with his older brother and now he's meant to pick up all of this like instantly and that of course is his challenge but I also really did like that we got a slightly different royal dynamic for a change where you didn't have the siblings at each other's throats you didn't have Mm, this you know the the kids trying to seize power from from an ailing father or whatever like Mm. you you could see the king genuinely loved all of his children even though you know he took odd turns when it came to um Ihuan, the prince but he truly did love them so even though he did twisted things it still came from a place of love and you could see that love and it was demonstrated and then you also had the siblings where they didn't have any rivalry between them in that respect they just sincerely cared for each other and then you had you know the queen who again they sincerely loved her she wasn't like an evil stepmother except she was which is disappointing (laughs) like that setup was Ah. so nice and you could have taken that in a different direction yeah (sighs) oh i don't want to keep being disappointed it's because we keep talking about the end whenever we talk about something and it always like brings you back to the what did you do to them the other thing i wanted to talk about also is like um the, the the relationship triangle, not a love triangle, but like the relationship triangle between uh, Han Song on the sergeant, um, the prince and Jay, which yeah. was, yeah. you know, like once you could take the romance out of the relationship, it was such an, uh, an interesting, but also really heartwarming relationship. Because what you're seeing is these are a pe- like a group of friends who are besieged by the... Machinations Machinations of those in power. Um, And there's just so much to mine in that relationship. And then you have your like four musketeers, you know, with like, oh, Pyo Yejin and um, Yi Teson. The, the. So good. Ah, such like oddball, delightful, hilarious, smart, and just. They were just so good. Like whenever those four were together, you know, the Prince Jay, Myongjini and um, Karam, the uh, Pyo Yejin's character. Mm. Oh, they was just so nicely done. Yeah, it was. And I really loved our um, secondary couple. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, with them, I was quite happy with how the whole story ended. Um, I was especially glad that our funny but very... Uh, perceptive uh, young nobleman 
he knew mm-hmm. like he had figured it out and i kind of wish that that had come a little early on mm-hmm. because i wanted him to be in the know like you know sufficiently early on that he could have been fully mm-hmm. in on the shenanigans but i was at least happy that you know nobody had to explain it to him yeah. because he had been built up as a character who saw so much more than people expected him yeah. to see that it would have been disappointing if he didn't mm. know so that was that was actually lovely i enjoyed him pretending not to know <laughs> and then like Yeah. <laughs> accidentally <laughs> spilling the beans. It's like oops. Yeah. And I I liked how he was so goofy in a way that brought comic relief that was lighthearted but not lightweight, but also that it didn't um contradict his character. Like that it was all him. Like you can you can see you can fit them together. They're not like at conflict with each other. This, you know, very smart, very thoughtful. He had to be, right? he had to be a little weird yeah. to be able to make the connections he was making because that was also what he was doing he was like doing uh what is it uh, forensics before there was forensics <laughs> so um yeah yeah i just really enjoyed that i do wish that he had figured out who jay was a little sooner even if mm. he kept that to himself because like you know she was his hero <laughs> And I just really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. I enjoyed that too, but I wish they had more interactions as hero and fan. Like she <laughs> had solved cases yeah. and he was convinced it was her and not this brother of hers. That is that yeah. is such a level of like devoted fanship. Yeah. And you know not to give them like a a a series of scenes where they're just like where she is just saying something and he's like wrapped. ready he was like <laughs> yeah wrapped <laughs> and that that was just i think missed opportunity it was such a great build up but like that yeah. i would have loved that also with myungjin i again like i said i i liked the ending um the the fact that the parents were like yeah this is an issue it we can't have it seemed unlikely because she was an ex slave unlikely yes but i i wanted them to have the happy ending yeah I wanted that too but also I believed in it because he is so unusual like his parents by that point seem to have figured out that he is not going to be the conventional son they wanted he is always going to be weird and also he's going to keep getting rejected by the nice girls <laughs> <laughs> they tried to pair him up with and he seems happy in this really weird mm. setup with this girl so you know this was a th- this was like a very progressive decision but i every time i use progressive these days i i try to um uh, think deeply on that word because a lot of progressive things are not that um great compared to how they were before <laughs> weirdly mm-hmm. um so uh, how do how should I, it it was a pretty liberated way of thinking like cho- choosing to put your son's happiness mm-hmm. before your um you know the the comments that you would be hearing in your society which of course they would have been i mean they've and, already um, been hearing it he carries a monkey they've already been hearing it exactly but so at this point on this this was waist. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i i love that i love this character so much although that does remind me how the show i mean i guess we've already touched on it but let's talk about two other women that it fridged which was you know his suitor mm. and the crown princess uh was she going to be the crown princess or she had already become the crown princess i i i, I was not very clear on that <laughs> yeah i mean he was like the prince was so unbothered by being married when you look back on you think oh yeah of course she was going to die how could he be like yeah. irrevocably married away <laughs> when he's she's clearly not end game yeah which you're right that is actually that honestly that aspect of the show was just so I wasn't super invested in it so I just wanted it to pass. Yeah, I guess that was it. You know, yeah. I think talking about its weaknesses has sort of amplified how I felt about them, but like in the actual experience of watching it, like my disquiet or my um general dissatisfaction was very minimal as I was watching it. It's only now mm. that we're talking about it that I'm like, "Ah, and this and that." <laughs> but Yeah. I think the the reason we could just watch it's 20 episodes. It's no I give up on 16 episode dramas all the time before and I even And it's pre-produced. It's fully pre-produced. It's pre-produced. So yeah. Yeah. Um but I could still watch 20 episodes of it because of the sheer 
presence, charisma Chemistry. of the leads. The yeah. casting was really strong. Yeah. Like you cared about these characters. Yeah. And once you care about these characters, you can take the story through all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you still just want to know, okay, I want to know what ends up happening to these characters. Does the crown prince stay the crown prince? Does he ever figure out if he's actually cursed? Or mm -hmm. who sent the letter? How were these weird things happening? Who killed Jay's parents? Why mm -hmm. was she framed like this? It just, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Though there is this one comment on Reddit that I read. I can't find it anymore, but um, I, I found it hilarious and I wanted to bring it up. Mm -hmm. um, so this is one of those episodal um, discussion threads that uh, you find under the subreddit key drama. And uh, so someone brought up <laughs> what the actual fish is. Oh. <laughs> you know, the, the madness <laughs> yeah. fish that they have in the plot. And they're oh, is like, it a real fish? This is what the actual... It's a real oh. fish. And also, no, no, but like, this is the real fish. However, A, the fish they kept showing is a male. Oh. <laughs> and B, it has no such properties. Like, uh -huh. what? So, the eggs so don't make somebody you else mad. was like, no, they don't. Uh -huh. But like, no, so I, what I loved was this next comment where somebody was like, this fish has been framed more than Jay <laughs> in the drama. But is it like a fish that's lived forever or something? Like, does it really live no, that long? No, no, it's just a normal oh, fish. Oh, it's just a normal fish. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just a normal <laughs> fish. <laughs> oh, that's quite funny. Oh, let's talk about uh, another normal yeah. fish. Uh, Taegang. Uh. <laughs> you know, I love Taegang as a character. It's not really nice. I didn't need his twin. He didn't need a twin. I didn't need a twin. Also, I look okay, in the in the in the last. Uh, I think it was what episode nineteen or twenty where they all went to the village, and the twins were facing each other like full lights and we were saying and like how do you distinguish between the <laughs> between the two twins one has a constant frown and a pout <laughs> and the other one is like constantly Glaring. like gullible and sweet <laughs> yeah they just ah it's so, so cute um and also we really didn't need this yeah <laughs> the twin <laughs> but like the thing with like Taegang uh, was a really enjoyable foil to jay as well um He's just so petty. Yeah, especially the initial yeah. episodes. So good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really enjoyed those interactions. It is, yeah. You know, it's magic. The, the drama did have a lot of magic. And it was in mm. the, the relationships between the characters. It was in how those characters were drawn. It was in their interactions. I also thought a lot of the dialogue was really well written. And I think the way that Jay as a character... You know, people often complain in like this kind of... Um, Saguk, but also in the gender bending type, that the women, are, the female characters are often kind of written anachronistically, like to match the values of mm. the present day instead yeah. of the values of that time. I think the way that Jay was written was actually balanced very well between. Really? Yeah, well. like she addressed the difficulties of being a woman in that period without it being you know a transplant from the 21st century it was just really well done Agreed. yeah she was such a good character i i think some of my favorite moments with jay was, was when she was talking about how she approached marriage to mm. the sergeant when that had yeah. first been announced because in the initial episodes you thought oh she was super delighted with it yeah. and like she was really looking forward to it and that's all we got to see of the thing her being very excited about mm. the wedding dress and the shoes she received and like being thrilled that he's yeah. so handsome and like romanticizing exactly it. and then when later on she talks about how she knew she had no choice like if she yeah. was ever given the choice she would have just preferred not to marry but since she that was not to be her choice she had to be happy in the choice she had oh, oh, it wasn't even that it was actually a little even better than that she was like the choice i had was whether i was happy or unhappy so like why would you yeah. choose to be unhappy like you know the fact Correct. that those are your choices you can't change the situation you can only change how you feel about it it was just so well exactly. done and then the moment she's given a choice just, like between marriage and non-marriage like, just to have the choice to say no, you know, that's, I think it was interesting even as a viewer because you're assuming that, you know, given the chance she's going to go back to her fiancé or uh, later as it develops that she should definitely want to be with the prince. But to be presented with a woman who's like, you know, what? I actually kind of am cool to not choose anyone. And that was liberating for her. And it was 
uh, an interesting yeah. sort of um, not wake up call, but just like a like a forward flick for me. It's like, oh yeah, why did you assume? That she had to choose one man or the other, yeah. or that that's what she would want to choose, and that's yeah. a natural choice. Because like it's not, you know, you have more choices yeah. than I know. man A or man B. And 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 what I and that would have threaded so beautifully with one of their first promises between the crown prince and Jay, the crown prince saying that I I give you permission. Mm. It's like that that interaction they had when um, she was in that shed or something, the and library. he came to confront her, and he was basically. It was a library, not a shed. I I love that. (laughs) I mean, whatever it was. She was tied up like that. that Do you know what? You might have been right. It might have been a shed. (laughs) Pardon me. It could have right? been the shed, yeah, <laughs> where she was, yeah, like tied she up. she yeah. ran to the to the door, right, like to stop him from leaving because he was basically mm-hmm. acting like you know she was going to be um, thrown out, and and she gave this little monologue, this tiny rant about just not having choices, mm-hmm. and then the prince was like, "Well, I'm the crown prince, I give you choices," and that tied so neatly with her having a choice to say no to marriage, mm-hmm. like. I, I just thought that thematically that was such a great choice. And which is why I was looking forward to the end being, you know, the, the ending that I told you guys mm-hmm. the, in my head. It would have been her choosing to live life her own way. And hey, maybe eventually they get married. Yeah. I don't know. But the, I would have loved to have that hint of their initial camaraderie, the thing that brought them together, the ability to just understand each other, but also to do things together. Um, because honestly... In an Isaguk situation, a girl with no family, she's just not going to be super politically powerful. So she's not going to be his equal inside the palace. Whereas Mm -hmm. somebody who's solving a case with him, her intelligence being her worth, it's, you know what I mean? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a partnership that feels more equal, equal, even though it's not socially equal, but like just... Yeah, I have to say, now that you point that out, that that was something that kept coming to my mind is that their relationship could never be fully equal while he was, you know, a prince or a king. And it, yeah. it's just, it's, it's again, it's one of those things that's always inherent to this kind of relationship and whatever medium we like, you know, take the story, whether it's in a book or whether it's in a show. But it's a problem. Like, how can you have a, true equal relationship with someone who has that much power over you like he can just tell you to do something and you're bound to do it because that's the relationship between you know Om Yom exactly <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, I don't yeah, know man. Did any it, yeah I mean so there were times where it was just like funny but then when it's serious it's it's real yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Although the other thing I did really, really like that um, what the kind of role that Jay played for him is Mm. like she never lets him off the hook when he's like just being a bit of a Richard. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else knows what that means. Let's just assume you do. (laughs) I think I do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, she, She doesn't. So she doesn't let him off the hook when he is just being a jerk. Or when he's just being, like, he's just plain wrong. She doesn't stop at calling him out. She actually teaches him. And, like, not in a patronizing way, Mm. but it's, like, it's a schooling that he deserves and he needs. Like, she is, after all, his Sissingnim's daughter. That is something that can feel very natural in that relationship because of who her father was to him and who her father was to her. And, you know, she doesn't pander to him. She doesn't kowtow. She tells him what he needs to hear without sparing him and like she doesn't spare his feelings or his ego so it's a very I find that equalizing even though it's not Mm. equal in terms of real world power it is equalizing in a kind of person-to-person interaction like I may not have the power that you have in this relationship but I'm gonna tell you when you're just being a plain old you know yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) I like that too. But also she was younger than him. Um, so it would, like she, I like Jay so much just as she was. Like you said, she's not anachronistic. Her thoughts and her behavior and her choices, they were all very brave because she was a woman of that time. Mm. 
Um, if she had been a transposed character, yeah, go on. But th- but she also, I just realized this because she was yeah. the daughter of a teacher, a scholar. That allowed her mm. to have these ideas that would have challenged the norms of her society, right? Because scholarship is where those intellectually, um, yeah. Because scholarship is the the space where you have new ideas that would, uh, you know, that would be all about questioning whether the norms of your society are really right. So of course she would be a bit of a revolutionary because that's what a scholar is meant to be. At least. Can I just edit what you said? It's not that scholarship is where you have new ideas. It's where new ideas are allowed to, in a theoretical Mm. box, like develop. Like you get to discuss them in the safety of like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But... And and it was very evident whenever we had that flashbacks of her and her father. And her father was always surprised by her Mm. ideas. But then he would always ask, at least we saw a couple of instances where he asked her what she thought about her, her being like having certain thoughts in, you know, the context of the reality of where she is. Oh, when he told her that you are the most suited person to be uh, this, you know, wait, it wasn't to be the queen. Wait, who said that to her? No, no, no. Uh, She was. Did someone say that to uh, her? Why am I No, not the queen. No, no, no. I, I, no, because because he said something very similar to her. But let me let me recall what it was. Not, not the queen. Uh, something else. Something else. What was it? Because her, I think her brother was going to be sent to the prince, and he wanted J.E. to be the one who uh, was sent because he thought J.E. would be the one to help the prince the most. But. She couldn't go because yeah. she's a woman. I'm not, I can't recall the exact words, but this was basically the thrust of what mm. you were saying. Yeah. But to just add to what you were saying about scholarship being a, a safe space for ideas. Safe also because you can discuss truly revolutionary things without the fear of like being seditious. In any other space, that's yeah. like, you know, reason to get thrown. I yeah. Know, the thought, <laughs> thoughts are enough to yeah exactly to jail <laughs> yes i mean not that universities aren't like um also true really good right <laughs> now and he thought you have even in um scholarly spaces these yeah. days is uh, like, not that theoretically however yeah. as long as you can call it a mm. theory exactly as long as you can as you can discuss things in the safe space mm. of theory you can talk about a lot of things so which is why she didn't feel anachronistic as he said she felt like off the time mm whose father allowed her to explore ideas she would otherwise have been sternly mm. steered away from if she was born exactly. in any other household. So like, I, I think Jay's... And also the fact that Jay wasn't some this, this amazing martial artist or anything like that. It's just like she had, she had taught herself skills, but also she was given a space where she could grow up the way mm. she grew up. It was a yeah. privilege. And... I liked that she was formed mm-hmm. the way she was. So, yeah, overall, see, th- that's the thing. You like these characters because these characters made yeah. sense. And also, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's why we yeah. watched 20 episodes. And also, speaking of privilege, <laughs> I, one of the things that her character regularly and frequently did was acknowledge all of the privilege that she had. And again, it became one of the ways that she could um, call the prince out, as in, the reason mm. that you have this power is because of the privilege you were born with. But like, what real, true right do you have to it? You have to earn it. See, this is one of the discussions that I thought that the show did really well, was through Jay, it addressed the the problem of being born with that much power and not having earned it. Well, one, not having earned it. Two, should one person have that much power anyway? Um, and three, if you do find yourself having that much power, then you actually owe a debt to, you know, your society to to use that in a way that doesn't harm or endanger them and to use it to benefit them. And like she became a person mm-hmm. who was able to sort of smack his head down and say, I'm not like literally, but, you know, she was able to yeah. <laughs> make him look at his position from outside of himself because you know when you grow up in privilege you do take it all for granted you're not even exposed to the rest of the world when you're living inside the palace 
So he needed to be told a lot of things. And she was able to tell him that even though she herself was also privileged, but she had grown up in a way that she was able to see how privileged she was and that made her understand that she had a duty and a responsibility to the people who weren't born with the privileges that she was born with. Like, you know, if you have power, you have to use it. But Mm -hmm. also... I like that they didn't just limit us to the perspective of mm. the royals and their immediate surroundings. I like that the perspective switched to Jangaram and her brother escaping basically slave mm. catchers. Um, I Honestly, th- these things had been referenced in other dramas, but I think this drama did a better job of it. The fact that you can't just run away when you've been sold into slavery. Like the, the state takes into account... Uh, if you are at that household or mm. a runaway, you get bounty hunters uh, bringing you back. And also then the perspective shifts to the dispossessed uh, people of that um, framed village. I keep forgetting its name. Pyokchon. Um, yeah. And uh, how they were living. And and their per- I really like that they, uh, you know, showed out the perspective of that couple, mm. the struggle. they were. That was far yeah. more interesting yeah. and nuanced to me than what the queen was doing yeah. in our palace. And again, that presented, like, this situation of what what happens when power betrays you. Like, what happens when the people in power betray, you know, the, the contract? Like, they have a duty... But then they massacred this entire town. Yeah. And what, like, it, it was it was a really meaningful question, but unfortunately the answer didn't quite land. We keep coming back to Yeah. But again, yeah, I was happy with I mean, the villagers getting their rev- resolution at least. So was I. I was pretty happy with pretty much everybody's resolution, except now that you pointed <laughs> out the queens, because what was that? <laughs> yeah. And um, by the way, the kings, I just, the the way they brought the king's arc to the end was also not quite He just died off screen. Like there was, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't think he made things right with the crown Mm. prince. I just, he had done too much wrong. I kind of feel like maybe he was just broken by the end of it. But yeah, you're right. He was, he, he wasn't able to confront his role in that injustice and the show didn't really ask him to which i think is a shortcoming like yeah i agree he hadn't taken in the scale of the betrayal of you know the the king because i guess the queen wasn't wrong in that she held the king ultimately responsible but that was also kind of theoretical at a point because if you held the king responsible, why are you punishing everyone else? What was she doing to the king? Yeah. 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 At the end of the day, her her plan might have worked better if she had just focused them on the yeah. actual villains instead of just yeah. killing off random people on the side. Maybe this is... See, we don't know what yeah. happened in the novel. Maybe the novel was... Maybe that was the story. <laughs> maybe. I actually want to go and find out what... Yeah. <laughs> maybe. The uh, okay, so there is this one thing that's uh, one scene that stands out in my head that I just want to uh, mention before we start wrapping up, and it is: Do you remember when, um, like, in the initial episodes, when the evil minister is confronting his brother-in-law, the one who was oh, the governor yeah. of the, oh, what was the name of the? Byokchon. <laughs> <laughs> was the governor of Byokchon, who was the one who was the tyrant uh, mm-hmm. in Byokchon that the villagers wanted to complain about. And then, of course, he uh, just started to beat uh, the villagers to death. And uh, then his brother-in-law arrived as reinforcement and then just killed, like just mass murdered everybody and framed just the villagers. Just to protect that one family member. And so yeah. so the, the confrontation the two of them had, oh, like yeah. where he dragged him to the side and he was like, do you understand what mm-hmm. I had to do to protect you? I really love that moment because I yeah. don't think we ever get to see... That was really see, good. Yeah, this, this moment of not even conflict, but like self-awareness of, of the extremes mm-hmm. you have gone to to protect right. somebody in your family and they are not even worth yeah. it. <laughs> 
just because often we just get villains who just do villainy things mm-hmm. and that's it like there is as if they have no like levels mm-hmm. of thought yeah they're evil this guy is still evil but like where are his where what yeah. is his thinking like how does he perceive yeah. himself he clearly sees himself as somebody who was forced to do this by his incompetent yeah, brother and he clearly doesn't see what he did as right like he recognizes how terrible it was but then again this character or 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 mm. or it does it, it may not be that he doesn't see it as right it, he may see this as like a weakness that na- he mm. now has a target on his back that it wouldn't have existed if not right. for you know it was like a a strategic choice he made but life would have been easier if he didn't right. have to make it and now this is a weakness mm. he's carrying constantly so yeah i mean yeah. the great thing about that particular scene was that it added some very welcome complexity to his villainy but then they kind of ruined it by mm. he, like he just devolved into this cackling yeah. menace and like every time he started laughing i was just like i can't yeah. i can't he would literally be cackling you're like ah, 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 yeah and you're just like how <sighs> okay we get it he's evil stop cackling and i don't know if that's like the direction or oh. you know or just like uh, yeah i mean it must have been also directly related to that cackling persona that he turned into uh towards the end where he has a confrontation mm-hmm. with the queen and he barges into her room after realizing that yeah. it w- this was her long game and he was a pawn and stuff and then He's like I'm going to tell everyone. She's like no, I'm going to tell everyone. And he's like no, you can't until the grand prince becomes the king. So you can't do anything while I can tell everyone. It was just so stupid. And then she comes out and goes like I will kill you. And then she's completely and ineffectual. And then tries to poke him with this tiny thing. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Okay, let's not let's not What's end that? it that way. Okay. This was a good drama apart from you know, yeah. It was really It was good a good drama. drama. It it was a good drama where we got Parking Shrek as a mm-hmm. crown prince and and John Sonny was amazing. John Sonny was amazing. We got proper brotherhood. Oh, so mm-hmm. one aspect that I absolutely loved was how John Sonny was constantly Jay was constantly the object of jealousy for <laughs> other friends in the crown prince's <laughs> life. <laughs> So the closer she got yeah. to the crown prince, the sergeant got jealous, Taegang, his bodyguard yeah. got jealous. You know, it was it was Taegang. It, it was great. Yeah. The eunuchs were the only one who were like, yeah, okay. Well, they were pretty pleased when she got picked out. Oh, I love the head eunuch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. But like after that, the head eunuch was so sweet. When she was except Oh, I mean even before the head eunuch was the the loyalty test. You remember like he gave her his socks. <laughs> yeah okay now we're just randomly naming scenes and it doesn't mean anything to anyone but here's a question here's a question because we're nearly out of time like in the oeuvre of sort of tortured crown prince dramas like you know we're talking love in the moonlight um king's affection uh red sleeve um and probably a few others where do you think this stands like how does it how does it stand if 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 you had watched the Bridgertons, Queen Charlotte, we would have put this. We would have put George up there in the tortured crown prince. You know, he he, he would. I think you would enjoy that. I drama, tried watching it and I didn't enjoy um, it, so I gave it up. But no, I I really loved George's character in there. Okay, but yeah. So who who stands out? Is that the question? Well, how does it rank in the genre of tortured crown princes? tortured crown prince dramas even Huarang would count Ooh. here <laughs> yeah no i think i think Huarang's crown prince still you know is above um Ihuan in my mm. head although in Huarang technically he's the king so yeah i mean an sure, unthroned yeah. <laughs> king i guess <laughs> the hidden yeah. king <laughs> yeah it's just that his his um fight his 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 tussle with his mother mm. was just just so epic like it was in that you know it was this grand mm-hmm. narrative it's like she was both protecting him and harming him yeah. and it was so hard to like was yeah. she saving the throne for, for him or from him <laughs> like yeah a good question yeah exactly so it it was i i still think that was that was tortured prince yeah. max i mean that was <laughs> the drama that made really. me become a fan of him I think that was the first drama I saw him in as well. Yeah. And he just killed it. 
But he did bring it. Like he, he definitely he brought it did. to the second half of this drama. His game yeah. was like at max. It was. I I just think that he did his best in a script that gave him it gave him good friends around him, like the characters who were of his age, like his immediate group. He had great dynamic with them, but like the the uh, the drama that comes from you know family. Mm. Um, I don't know, a horrible family, yeah. a horrible royal family, just didn't didn't quite happen in this one. Whereas if you ever get to watch uh, The Red Sleeve, oh my God, <laughs> like you you just, oh, the, the torturing that happens in yeah. that drama. I have to say, <laughs> this, this yeah. show left me with a, a sort of an insatiable thirst for more like it. So I'm definitely going to check those out. And let's see how quickly I get through them. I'm stuck on my perfect stranger now, which is also everything I love. Um, but yeah, let's let's leave it here, shall we? Yeah, I just started <laughs> it. Yeah, no, no, that's that's it. I just because Saya was like, start start my perfect stranger. I'm so obsessed with it. It's so I'm good. Like, okay, so good. Let us. And I I'm I just started this afternoon. I was having my lunch. I thought that was gonna be a ten minutes break, but I went on to watch like I think. 30 minutes <laughs> and then I was like I have to get up now at least but, it wasn't a four hour break yeah true that has happened I can't say it has not <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah so that, that's it that was it <laughs> that okay so um, the, the listener who asked for our thoughts on the ending here you have it and um, we hope you enjoyed uh, this drama uh, if you have thoughts on any of the scenes or character arcs or themes let us know you can find us on twitter at dramas overflow you can find me at not now Saya. you can find me at the drama notes and you can find us on instagram at dramas overflowers underscore you can email us at dramas overflowers at gmail.com and you can find us on facebook just search dramas overflowers and our website is dramas overflowers.net where you can find uh, various drama analyses and posts and keep an eye on it we may be writing more soon oh and the newsletter <laughs> sign up for the newsletter oh yeah <laughs> oh. sign up for the newsletter um, Anissa recently wrote an amazing review of Dinner Mates which is a drama that I had watched loved and then completely forgotten about until she wrote the review and then I relived all of the amazingly lovely moments so I, I ended up re-watching the drama thanks to her review so you will find the link to our uh, newsletter in the show notes and finally because we didn't say it at the beginning let's say it at the end thank you to our patrons for all of your help and support uh, and this episode was brought to you by them. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And thanks everyone else for listening. And goodbye. That's it. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.